0: It's no accident that the book of Proverbs is right in the middle of the Bible. And to me, it looks so much like a a combination of a roadmap and a cookbook. Like, do it like this, people. Do it like this. Thank you for joining Keep the Heart for today's podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, conference speaker, and teacher. She is passionate about teaching what to do, with what we learn from God's Word. Now back to today's valuable study. There's a proverb for so many issues of life. Marriage trouble? There's a proverb for that. What about some issues with your friends? Many proverbs. What about when we're having attitude problems? Oh, yes, it's addressed. There's a proverb for that. Proverbs is so applicable to our everyday life, and God made it a book of the Bible that we can read, study, understand, and then apply. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 16 as an example of how we can face the issues of life, especially today, with greater wisdom. First, we've got to be honest. Verse 2 says, All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. We've got to be very careful about our motives. Because if we're dishonest with ourselves and we pretend that we're doing something for pure motives when we're not, that's going to cause us trouble. Always remember that no matter what you say to yourself, God can see your real spirit. He knows truly what's going on behind what you do. He knows the why to the what. So be sure that you're being honest with God. And if you sense in your spirit that you're being dishonest in any way, confess that to the Lord. Now moving right on to verse 3. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. So many times we do that backwards, and we don't have to. We've got access to God through prayer. So you've got a plan. Whatever it is, before you go forward with it, commit that to the Lord in prayer, and then watch with amazement as he establishes your very thoughts, giving you direction in ways you never could have come up with on your own. How real is God to you anyway? If he's as real as any person in your life, then you believe the Bible and you believe that he can direct you and he can. Even if you don't believe it, it's still true. Now when we move further into this chapter, verse 7 says, "When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him." How many of you have people that get along just fine with you but they don't believe anything you believe? They're nothing like you. <laughs> you are experiencing verse 7 in action. And do you know that Christian people should be some of the most pleasant people on earth? We really should be. We have no excuse for being caustic, harsh, nasty, name-calling, mudslinging people. That's not courteous. That's not biblical. We want to be what God wants us to be. So that means that our ways need to please Him, and then He'll take care of our enemies. So check your ways. Are you following People, or are you following God? Because there are some caustic people in Christianity today. And unfortunately, they're leading a lot of people to a cliff. How are we going to win people to Christ? How are we going to help seekers find the Lord if we're nasty and ugly? If that's what we're doing, then our ways aren't going to please God because Jesus sure wasn't like that. So if we're not like Christ, then our ways aren't going to please the Lord. But when our ways please the Lord and when we are mimicking Christ, meek and lowly, boy, that makes a difference. Now let's transition because this chapter has so many topics. Let's talk about money. Verse 16 says, How much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver? Have you ever thought about the fact that you probably don't need more money, but you need less spending? A lot of people have to work so hard and they have too much month at the end of the money because they won't stop spending. You know, there's a, an illusion out there that if you could just have one more thing, if you could just have a newer car, if you could just have a little bit more square footage in your home, if you could take that vacation or that cruise, if you could just have more income, more, more. Have you noticed that as your income goes up, so does your spending? Look at the verse again. How much better is it to get wisdom than gold? Here's what God's trying to tell us You don't need more money, you need more wisdom. And then when you have more wisdom, you'll know what to do with your finances as they stand. When God gives wisdom and then gives with it the understanding, we actually comprehend how we're supposed to manage our lives in all aspects, but including the area of our finances. Finances are an area of appetite. And there are many areas of appetite. Food, of course, is an obvious area of appetite, but there are many areas of appetite. And any uncontrolled appetite is going to cost us. It will not pay us. It will take from us. God wants us to have wisdom so we'll know how to manage our appetites. He is so good at caring for us this way. Shifting our gears to another topic that's part of everyday life, verse 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction and an haughty spirit before a fall. Oh boy, we know this verse. Some of us know it by heart. But how many of us are careful to catch ourselves before we have a prideful reaction to something we don't like? You know the destruction that comes when you've said something that you really knew in your heart of hearts you should not have let it come out of your mouth? And then you got the cleanup because you made the mess. Pride always causes destruction. And an haughty or high-minded spirit is destined for a fall because that's how God trains us not to be haughty. Haughty is the wrong H word. The right H word that God wants us to have is humility. Here's a little fun fact that's fascinating. Did you know that haughty and humility have the same number of letters? Seven letters in the word haughty, that spirit that we're not supposed to have. Seven letters in humility the spirit that God is trying to develop in us. Which spirit do you have? Now, this is a spot where I can encourage you not to read past words that you don't use every day. We understand the word pride automatically, but do you understand the word haughty? Here's a definition from Webster's 1828 Dictionary, and it says this, proud and disdainful, having a high opinion of oneself with some contempt for others. And then it continues with lofty and arrogant. We don't realize it, but there are times when we have a haughty spirit without even knowing it. Have you ever mocked someone because of how they were dressed? Have you ever made fun of someone's appearance? Have you ever looked down on someone because you thought that they were beneath you? There are times when we're being haughty in our spirit, even though it doesn't come out of our mouths. God knows about that, and he doesn't want that in us, so he'll train it out. The way that he trains it out is to allow us to fall, to allow us to fail, to allow us to have something humbling come into our lives, something embarrassing, something painful, to teach us not to be haughty in spirit because God wants us humble. He wants us to be like Jesus. Verse 18 and verse 19 are related. Verse 19 says, Better it is to be of an humble spirit with the lowly, Than to divide the spoil with the proud. Verse 19 is backing up 18 and telling us that the spirit God wants us to have is the humble spirit, and the friends he wants us to have are the lowly. But if we choose to, we can go ahead and divide the spoil with the proud, but there's not going to be enough to go around because pride and greed are related. Prideful people tend to want the limelight for themselves, prideful people struggle with envy. Prideful people think life is one great big competition, and it's not. So God is trying to teach us the right way to walk this out. These are actually relationship and friendship verses. So how should we live? Here we go. Verse 20 is going to give us another instruction. Do you see how relevant Proverbs are? Do you see how everyday they are? It makes me smile in my very soul when I think about the fact that God left us all these instructions, and all we have to do is learn how to apply them. He that handleth the matter wisely shall find good, and whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. There's two parts to this verse, and I quote this verse often because it relates to so many issues of life. What's going to come across your calendar today? Could you slow down and handle that matter wisely? You're going to like the outcome better if you'll slow down. To handle a matter wisely, we can't be racing through everything. The next time you're faced with a situation and it looks like it could possibly take a turn for the worse, pause. Ask the Lord, how do you want me to handle this? And wait for direction. Sometimes the Holy Spirit wants us not to handle a situation right away. Would you not be the person who is constantly jumping to conclusions? If we want to be happy with the outcome, then we're going to have to trust the Lord to guide us so that we can handle our matters wisely. Now, the Lord is so directional that he even talks to us about our words. Verse 24 says, Pleasant words are as in honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. I call this the editorial verse. Is there a kinder way you can phrase those words that are about to come out of your mouth? Every time you have an encounter with a person, ask yourself that question, but especially if the encounter is thorny. Is there a better way to say it? Is there a kinder, gentler way to say what you're about to say? Aim for pleasant words. You're affecting someone else with what you say. Pleasant words are sweet to the soul, health to the bones. So unpleasant words are horrible for the soul. We have the potential to affect someone's health positively or negatively by what we say. I'm trying to encourage you to use Proverbs as a way of life because God left this in Scripture for us to give us a direction on how to live correctly. There really is a way, but it's God's way. Let's wrap up with verse number 32, which says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. You may think that it's okay to have blow-ups with people. It's not okay, and it's very harmful. When we blow up all over people, it's a sign that we lack control. We are out of control when we're quick to be angry. But when we're slow to anger, we're actually pressing pause again and saying, Lord, is this a big deal? Lord, should I respond right now or should I be silent?" When in doubt, be quiet. You don't have to respond to everything right here and right now, especially when you're faced with a situation where there's potential for both sides to be very angry. That's an excellent time to refrain your lips. In other words, put your tongue on a budget right there, right then. The fewer words you say, the less likely you are to talk yourself into sin. That ruling our spirit means that we're going to have dominion over our rational being. We're telling ourselves what to do in the power of Christ. God wouldn't even instruct us to do this if it weren't possible. He makes it possible. There really is a right way to live. God has outlined it so clearly all throughout his word, but in particular, he's taken the book of Proverbs and he has given us life instructions so that we would know how to walk out this life. You've been listening to Keep the Heart with Francie Taylor. Subscribe to this podcast and be sure to follow Keep the Heart on Instagram. For more from Francie, visit KeepTheHeart.com for devotionals, books, Bible studies, and more. Visit KeepTheHeart.com today. Thank you for listening.